Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Mommy. I kind of want to stay here all alone. Keep to myself and just stay home. Having to correct every thought I have. Might be part of the reason I feel sad. But life supposedly gets easier this way. Welcome back, everybody. This is Amanda, and I am so excited you are here with us again. My husband has decided to join me today, and we are going to continue talking about our autism journey. Hey, Nathan. Hi, everybody. See, that was good. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) I'm really excited that Nathan is joining us today so that he can share his perspective on this journey as well. Um, Because as a mother, I have certain thoughts and feelings and emotions that I have gone through along the way so far. And Nathan, as um, Micah's dad, has experienced his own set of emotions and they oftentimes are, are different than mine. And also as a as a couple raising our children, we don't necessarily come to the same conclusions at the same time. And so um, I would say that this journey has not been easy so far as we both come to terms with our new life and what our future looks like. And um, at times it's been hard. So I think it's important to talk about it together, um, whether you're a mother, a father, a grandmother, grandfather. Um, for everybody, this journey is a little bit different. Our kids are all unique and our roles as parents are unique. And so I think the more perspectives we can get and share with you all, the more helpful that this podcast can be for you. So what you're saying is is that married couples don't always agree or see eye to eye on everything? Is that what you're saying? I think that would be a true statement, yes. Or see see everything in the same light, I guess. And for those of you who don't know my husband, which is all of you, because I'm guessing none of you know my husband, um, he will be adding some dry humor to the podcast. Is that what I'll be adding? Yes. Among other things. Yeah, among other things. So. Um, somebody, somebody once told me that I had a face for radio and a voice for miming. I'm not sure what that means, but I don't think it was a compliment. <laughs> it is currently September when we are recording this episode. And I can tell you that the first time I ever used the word autism in regards to our son Micah was in January. And I remember it vividly because it was my sister-in-law's wedding, ironically, And um, the person I was talking to at the time was Nathan's aunt. And I don't know why she was the person I chose to to first share that with, um, but she's a kind lady and was listening to me in the moment. And that was the first time I ever said, I think Micah may have a touch of autism. And that was the way I verbalized it. Um, I'm not sure for you, Nathan, when was the first time you ever really, I guess, spoke the word autism? Ooh, the the word autism. That's a that's a it's quite a heavy word, which hence why we're doing the podcast. Um I was just joking with you before we started this that I hadn't actually put a lot of thought into what I was gonna say today, so people can forgive me for uh stuttering all over myself here. But um like you said, as I as as I think most men, I it you you don't want to find solutions to a lot of problems you just want to you know hammer the nail in and fix it um so I was even way 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 past that you know after you had brought it up you know I'd, I would always say um 
you know, Micah, you know, he'll be fine. He's fine. He's just slow. He'll, you know, he'll grow out of it because with our, I don't know how much Amanda has talked about this with our oldest, with our older son, Elijah, um, he, we're pretty sure he might be on the spectrum somewhere as as well, but he kind of did grow out of his, he still has a lot of weird habits, but he works, I'd say he's a five-year-old, so we give him a break, but, um, yeah, he kind of did grow out of certain things and he was late to talk and late to do a lot of stuff. But, um, well, I would even say, I'll, I'll jump in. I would even say to this day as a five and a half year old, Elijah is not, I wouldn't quite peg him as your, your everyday child. Um, he has some motor stereotypies that he, you know, certainly are obvious to people when they see him jumping around the room and, and clapping um, when he's excited or tired. He's never really played with toys in the traditional way, um, but he is full of life and loves people. His communication skills are are great. And so I think that he's going to, you know, take the world by storm. I don't ever believe he'll probably sit in a desk very well or have an office job. Um, but we're confident that, um, his future's bright. Yeah. He's a, he's a special kid (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Um, but back to Micah, I would say that even when, you know, you, Amanda was kind of being persistent with, you know, I think there's something more, more than meets the eye here you know it's it's hard at to see as a parent and and i'm sure people out there can definitely relate to when you're around your kids every day it's the old you can't see the forest for the trees type deal because it's like when you when you look back on certain things especially with autism for at least for me you you see that oh wow that should have been obvious but for whatever reason it's not whether it's denial and I don't know that it was really denial with me because I obviously want Micah to have the best you know life that he can be so it's not like I want to deny him help but it's more of less just like oh he's just you know he's a slow learner slow progressor so I think it was more or less once Amanda started like once I was actually able to look back at some videos and stuff that Amanda had put together and then she so you know she showed me some documentaries and some other kids and stuff and, and, and you know and you you kind of have that moment like oh uh I guess you know this is more than just um being being a little bit slow to learn if that makes sense so to sum up you do not remember the first time you used the word autism yeah that was a, a long-winded way of not answering your question <laughs> but the point is is that I don't I, I don't even know that I use the word autism a lot at all it's 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 such a stigmatized word and it is it's also a tough word because for um, I, I do want to be honest with everybody Micah has not officially been diagnosed with autism so um, we are still on this journey we're <laughs> fresh off the boat. <laughs> As some would say, um, and we're we're really excited to bring you all along with us because many of you, I'm sure, are in the same boat that we are in, or maybe even a little bit of head, but and can help us hopefully. Um, but so using the word autism, I feel sometimes like I don't deserve to use it because I feel like it's reserved for the people that that have been diagnosed and that truly own it. And and right now we're not quite there yet, but. From the therapists we work with, the people we know, um, I think everyone's pretty much on the same page that Micah is certainly on the spectrum in some way, shape, or form. Yes, for sure. He's he's on there, and yeah, like you said, in, in some way, for sure. So Yeah. So right now, Micah is 
two years and about eight or nine months. And how old is he? I should know for sure. <laughs> well, his birthday's in November, so... September. So he's 10 months, two years there and 10 go. months. Good parenting. Yes. Um, he is, I would consider him nonverbal. Um, he has a handful of words that he says at random times, um, never consistently. So for instance, um, he does not say mama. We work with that. Um, we work on that with him daily and he does not say mama. He will occasionally say shoe though, if he's really excited to go back outside. So, um, like he's, he's got a few words, but for the most part, he is nonverbal, um, Oh, and he did. He did have words. I don't know if you've said that already. No, but. I no, I haven't. Uh, Micah, like a lot of kids, I am learning has um, regressed. I believe it's called regressive autism. Again, he hasn't been diagnosed, so this is kind of like you know, mom Google doctor over here. But um, he has certainly regressed. He did have a, quite a few words, maybe twenty five, thirty. Um, by the time he was about eighteen months old, mama, dad, dad, Eli, outside, bye bye, shoe, night night, sock, you know, ball, play, all the bath, all these things um, that he just at some point lost. And I feel like it was gradual because I didn't really notice a. I feel like we would have come to the autism conclusion a little bit sooner if it had been a little quicker of a regression, but it seemed, um, gradual to me. Yes. And like, and like I was saying with our oldest son, it wasn't like he was, uh, an Einstein. So to put it <laughs> nicely, you know, we get asked sometimes by different doctors that we're seeing or therapists that we've just recently started seeing, you know, they'll ask me how come he hasn't been diagnosed yet. You know, did the doctor not notice? Did the doctor not ask these questions, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like, um, we just didn't, see it because in so many ways he was so similar to our older son Elijah. Um, for instance, when Elijah was two at his two year checkup, he only had a few words. He wasn't really combining words. There were no sentences. He could label things. He could tell you what he wanted, but he didn't have a whole lot of vocabulary. He was certainly behind. And I remember the doctor very clearly saying, well, you know, he doesn't seem intellectually behind, so let's give it some time. Let's wait till he's three. If he's still not talking with this when he's three, then we'll maybe look at doing some speech therapy. So when, you know, flash forward two and a half years, you know, here we are with Micah at the age of two, and he's not speaking. And I, you know, my husband and I would remember back to what the doctor said about Eli. Well, just well, give him some time. That and, that and accompanied with the fact that he would, he's when well, he still is pretty sharp. I mean, he was sharp as a tack. He would, you, you know, you could give him five step directions and the kid would follow him down to a T. So that's true. Um, there was actually one or two times where we could, um, give Micah instructions that he could follow much better than Eli. <laughs> for instance, um, you know, go get the sh your shoes. They're under the table. You know, Eli would wander the house looking for him and Micah could go get them. Yeah, yeah, so he's he's sharp. He's yeah, he is like, smart. Like I said, God bless him, but Eli is not a child savant <laughs> or anything like that. So. No, Eli is your happy-go-lucky, always, always, always happy kid, but that's all we'll say about Eli. Yeah, we love you, Eli. <laughs> um, so I feel like we missed a lot just because, um, you know, Eli was slower to develop in, in the language and communication areas, areas as well. Um, also, Elijah did a lot of the characteristic things that are associated with autism. So lining up toys, um, not playing with toys the way they are intended, high, high, high energy, um, not really 
engaging in communication. There was there was a long period of time where he never looked at you. And we kind of just always assumed he was just so hyper that he couldn't focus. Um, so Elijah really did display a lot of the autism characteristics. However, he seems to be, I would say, a neurotypical child for the yeah, most part. For the most part, he seems to have grown out of those bad habits. So that's why we were in, you know, the in the late late to the game with Micah. So. Yeah, because Micah is so much like Eli was and we just kept saying, you know, and I would finally I was coming around and I'm like, well, you know, Micah's not doing this and he should be doing this. And Nathan would say, well, Nate, Eli didn't talk either. Remember? And I'd be like, yeah, but I think it's different. Or I would say all Micah does is run back and forth. He runs from the laundry room door to the fridge, to the laundry room door to the fridge. He just runs back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And Nathan would say, well, Eli just runs around too. I would say, yeah, but I think it's a little bit different. (laughs) Right? So we had a lot of these conversations where it was just, I think something's wrong. I feel it in my gut. And Nathan, I don't know if he was just, were you just being optimistic, you think? I think optimism is part of it. And I and I also just think like any parent, you know, you, like I said, may, maybe denial is the right word, but uh, you don't want to just, especially with autism, it's such a, it's such a uh, broad spectrum, for lack of a better word, uh, that you just don't want to be like, yeah, I think my kid, you know, might have autism and what's let's get him help because then it's like because then it's like well what do we even do hence this podcast that we've started because we didn't know what to do it's like okay now we think our child might be autistic now what yeah now what (laughs) so it's that's the big question it is a big question and it's so hard to find um what step to take next and for those of you out there searching and scouring the internet and questioning people and looking for information, it it seems like most things in the world that the direction you can go in is so divided. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and with, with your family and whatnot, you know, it's nobody wants to, I guess people out of kindness don't want to be rude or whatever. So they're not going to just bring it up. And then even the people that you might, you know, even when it's kind of obvious and, and you might bring it up to someone, they, they're not going to want to necessarily accept it because then that changes their whole role and their whole place in the in the kid's life, you know. So it's it's a pretty hard thing, you know, to to just even come to that conclusion, I think. And that's that's very true. Um, I, I mentioned in my in the first podcast that there was a, a deep sense of loneliness um, in this journey. And part of that is it's hard to bring up to people. And when you do bring it up to people, they don't know what to say. Um, Because, I mean, even as Micah's parents, we don't know how to really talk about it. I mean, it's like, you know, obviously we joke about it some and take it, you know, take it very serious, obviously. But it's 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 difficult to talk about. It, It is. But it and unfortunately, that even adds to the loneliness. And I'll just, you know, sort of give you a personal example. You know, when I first brought it up to my parents, I was still kind of in this state where I couldn't talk about it without, you know, tearing up or getting emotional. And my parents, you know, kind of their first instinct is to say, oh, it'll be all right. He'll grow out of it. It'll be fine. There's nothing wrong with Micah. He's perfect. 
Yeah, and I mean that's what any grandparent's going to say, and any you know any family friend, and and you know, and when a kid's young, like we said with Eli, they may very well grow out of certain things. But true, and and it, it is, doesn't make it any easier on you, the parent. So. True, and I and I can't even tell you what I expected my parents to say. It's not really like I expected yeah, them to be like, oh yeah, there's something wrong with your son. Yeah, it's a really unfair position to even. Put it is people in really. It is unfair, but at the time I was really just looking for somebody to talk to. I think so. I, I maybe didn't even want them to say anything, but it's strange when they come back and say, "Oh no, Micah's fine." I honestly just walked away feeling a little deflated and a little even, even lonelier because I, there was no communication happening about the subject. I can't stress enough how lonely I was, and it was hard on our marriage. Um, for several several months, we had some pretty big fights, didn't we, hun? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we, <laughs> Even more than normal, right? It, really, I mean, there were there were some big fights, and I and I knew that um, you know my emotions were getting the best of me, and some of the fights were you know unwarranted and what have you. But I was going through something personally um, that was hard. Well, like you said, it's just the feeling of loneliness. You're going through something, you know. You're you are at a stage with it, you know, almost of like, well, this is what it is. Whereas nobody else in your life was well, at I was the, almost was at that stage, and even me, you know, I was like, I was still at the. No, he'll grow out of it. Like I don't know. It's it's difficult to explain, which is you know. Which, I was almost, I would say, even in a panic, um, because I felt like now that I knew something, I had to do something, and no one was ready or willing i think to jump on the bandwagon with me i kind of that's kind of how i felt and i do want to circle back to the question when you first said autism i don't know if you used the word autism but i can remember i believe when you first had your aha moment um so we had had a a big fight <laughs> it was actually centered around mother's day um you know as most mothers i wanted to get up get dressed go to church with my family take a nice picture i'd even curled my hair and um of course that quickly turned into not being able to um we rarely go to church as a family because it's hard to do with micah um and so my sunday my mother's day was quickly <laughs> unraveling and i got upset and so um, we fought for, I would say, a couple days, actually. I don't want to get into like a marriage counseling here, but um, I think it's important to the story. Well, we're still married, so. That's there, true. There you go. That's true. We all have hard times. But it was a few days later, and, you know, Nathan and I were finally like talking about, you know, trying to resolve the fight that we were having. And he said, he finally said, and also, I think there might be something wrong with Micah. And I remember in the moment, I almost I almost fell to the ground. And I remember just losing it. And I cried, you know, and we hugged. And I was like, yes, like, there is. And I finally, I think that was the first moment where I felt like I wasn't alone. Because Nathan finally verbalized that he saw it too. Do you remember that? Um, I think this is the part where I'm supposed to say, yes, I do, but I actually don't remember that. Isn't that funny? I can remember exactly where we were standing in the kitchen, but I'm a, I'm a woman, right? (laughs) I suppose so. You probably remember remember what we were wearing. No, I don't, but I do remember those things. And that was a moment where I was finally like, 
like, thank God I'm not alone. Like we can finally have a conversation about this where it's not me saying something and, you know, Nathan telling me it's all going to be okay. Because honestly, I didn't want to hear that because I knew in my gut that it wasn't. Um, yeah, I think that's, like you said, the, the main thing is that you can have that feeling of loneliness with all this. And, you know, and I think it, it goes both ways, uh, you know, for moms and dads and um, our single parents or whoever. I, I think that uh, you you uh, it hits you in, in your own ways and maybe it hits you at completely different times, but at some point it'll hit you. And it's it's like I said, it's a hard it's a hard realization. But at the same time, it does. It's not the end of the world. And um, that's what we're kind of hoping to help people out with here as long as well as getting help from people. But we're kind of, you know, like I said, the, my child, I think my child might be autistic. Now what? Well, that's what we're here for. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's um, exactly what we're here for. And like Nathan did mention, you know, I was showing him YouTube videos and reading them things that I was finding. And it, it's actually some of those examples that helped Nathan realize um maybe what was going on with our own child. So, you know, you raise your, you, we were around Micah every day from the day he was born, right? We're used to him. Um, we're used to his quirks. We know how to work him. He knows how to work us. And, um, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees, like Nathan said. And so being able to watch the YouTube videos, they were so, so helpful um, in so many ways. But every now and then I'd come across a video of a child. And of course, there's not many out there. It doesn't seem like so they would be recorded like 10 or 15 years ago. Um, but I would standard definition. <laughs> correct. But I would watch it and all of a sudden I'd be like, oh my gosh, you mean that's not normal? Like you mean that's not? Yeah. I don't want to use the word normal. Um, so erase that. But I would I would think, oh my gosh, Micah does that. That's not yeah, and it's hard to find the word because you don't want us to use the word normal because normal behavior. Typical. We're not, we're not saying that. Yeah, what Micah dis like Micah displays is not necessarily a normal. It's just yeah, it's not what a typical child would display at his age. It's not, and and so many of the examples. Yeah, like I said, were just so helpful because. Um, you know, the running back and forth, the running back and forth. And Micah from a very young age would just throw toys, especially cars, but any toy, he would stand on his head, bottom up in the air and shove toys between his legs. Yeah. And we thought it was hilarious. Yeah, we thought it was cute and it funny. Was funny. And, and it is cute and funny, but at the same time, it's also... A thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, an, auti- an autism thing, apparently. A trait, so, yeah. You know, I and didn't... We, di- we didn't know. So. Yeah, you know, I can't tell you how many articles and blogs and videos I've read and listened to now where people talk about their child looking at things upside down. I had no idea. You know, here I thought Micah was just, you know, a little quirky or funny, and I, th- I didn't think much of it. Um, so just so many things, and you know, and that's just a real simple example. Obviously, the lining up the toys, the not talking the throwing fits. Um, we actually, we lovingly refer to our son as miserable Micah. Yeah. I lo- believe lovingly, right? <laughs> yeah. Lovingly. I believe Nathan came up with that term probably a full year ago or more. Oh, I think we came up with that term the night he was born in the hospital. He was, <laughs> that's probably true. We, like I said, our oldest son is just happy go lucky and his whole life. I don't think he's ever thrown more than a couple fits. And even then they're not typical 
No, they're pretty quickly breakdowns uh, and diffused. Gets, yeah. <laughs> um, but Micah, the very first night in the hospital, I'll never forget when we went to change his clothes or his diapers or something. But then he just, he screamed and I had never heard a child scream like that before. So True. Yeah. He, he uh, tipped our world upside down from the moment he entered and it, I didn't he? I was like, what the <laughs> hell is this? <laughs> and he hasn't stopped since. <laughs> but even the, even the things that, um, that we were struggling with his parents. And honestly, I kind of felt like a bad mom in so many ways. You know, he, we couldn't get him to eat anything, but like his five chosen foods, he still doesn't sleep through the night at almost three years old. We have not taken him to a restaurant since he was six months old. You know, when, when we meet a family at the park, you know, I have on more than one occasion looked up a Google Maps aerial view to see how close the playground was to the road, right? Because he runs away. Yeah. So all of these things that like, as a parent, I just kind of thought we had a wild child or we must not be parenting right or we must be wimpy parents. I don't know. Um, all of these things kind of wrapped up into this this autism package for me at some point, And I just knew that that's was most likely what we were dealing with. Yeah, and it's and like I said, it's it's hard. Um, oh yeah, I remember what I was saying. My point was the videos helped. The information that's online from families sharing about their children, about themselves, about their loved ones is so helpful and I just don't feel like there's enough of it. Considering 1 in 59 children is diagnosed with autism, I don't believe that there's a representative sample of people sharing uh, their life with the world. And I know that it's hard and I know that it's tough, but that's why we're here. Yeah, I always joke with Amanda. We, we have a running joke in our family, you know, that autism's not Instagram pretty. It's but, not. And it's really not. You know, you don't, you don't see the uh, pictures out there on Instagram of the autism family, you know, where the kid's throwing the fit for 30 minutes because you touched his car and you, you moved his glass the wrong way. Are you... You know, you want to change his shirt because his shirt's wet and he throws the fit for an hour and there's nothing you can do. You know, you Or that we still don't have a family picture four months, revo- four months removed from Mother's Day. We right. still don't have a family picture. Yeah, you know, and we don't have family pictures from Christmases because you, can't. you can't do it. So, you know, you don't, you don't see these, at least we don't have it. We don't see these stories and you definitely don't see them enough. I know there might be some out there and some people that are working on it, but... You don't see these these stories enough of these families, you know, the real, you know, the real heart of these families that are going through this. And when Amanda told me that number, one in 59, I just remember being blown away. Like, wow, one out of every 59 kids. And it's probably, since that number is a little bit dated, it's probably less than that now. But with the one in 59, the thing that struck me is I thought, that's two classrooms. That's two classrooms of, of kids at a school. One of those kids is going to be diagnosed with autism and it's it's just striking it's it it really does um show you that there's a lot of people out there that are going through this that don't know where to turn and um hopefully we can be a little bit of a help to some of those people and if not helpful at least we're here we're telling yeah. you we're here we really hope that this um becomes a community where we can all help each other, um, no matter where you are on your journey, no matter what direction you choose to go in on that journey. Um, we really just want to be here and create an avenue for people to connect and to even just go to, to check in on and 
when you're feeling lonely, you can pull it up and find comfort in the fact that you're not alone. Absolutely. And, you know, we're not, uh, like I said, Instagram pretty. We're not. Now, my wife's beautiful, the most beautiful woman in the world. She's gagging over there. But, you know, we're not. One thing that um, hopefully you will come to learn about us is that we're not uh, sugar coaters. We're not somebody that's going to be like, oh, our kid threw a fit for three hours today, but let's hide that from everybody. That's, that's... Well, let's find the beauty in it, right? <laughs> well, not that we're not going to find the beauty. I just mean that we're not going to, you know, I'm not going to try to Instagram everything up and make it seem like it's something it's not. It's hard sometimes and it's it can get, you know, like you said, lonely and emotional and it's it's a journey of all kinds of emotions. But at the end of the day, it's that's not where it stops. You know, it keeps going from there. And we want Micah to have the best life he can possibly have. And that's what we're working towards. Yep. So thanks again, Nathan, for joining us. And we hope to make him a regular guest slash co-host on this podcast. The ratings just went from zero to negative (laughs) negative five. Um, But I think it is helpful. It's, um, yeah, we're going to try to make this um, podcast a regular thing and to talk about not only our daily, um, sh- not not just struggles, but um, events, I would say. Yeah, not just the bad stuff. We're going to, you know, throw out the good stuff and, you know, some stories about our family. And hopefully- well, we've got some things planned, you know, we, we want to touch on um, different therapies and um like I said, there's many different directions you can go to um, with autism, and we're really researching and studying them all. <laughs> we can't go down every road at the same time, but if we could, I would. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us once again. Um, we hope you come back for more, and we want to hear from you. We want to hear your questions and stories about um, autism in your life. So find us on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. Our name is 1 in 59 podcast, and that is a number one and a number 59. So don't spell those out. It's just the number 1 in 59 podcast. Um, And then you can also email us at 1 in 59 children at gmail.com. And again, that is the number 1 in 59, the number 59 children at gmail.com. We also have created a Patreon site that we are excited about. It is patreon.com slash 1in59podcast. And we will be sharing some bonus material and content over there on Patreon. Um, Some behind the scenes. And Nathan and I have actually already uploaded uh, one podcast where we just talk about um, actually our job, our real job. So come visit us on Patreon. Thank you guys so much. And we hope you come back next time.